talk to uh, somebody from a, a younger generation in mind, somebody who's uh, just trying to carve out their own identity in a, a time when we are saturated in material, uh, a lot of visual material, a lot of it very mediocre. And so the question is, how do you rise above that with grace, divine radiance, and most importantly, originality? And get a chance today to speak to somebody who's trying to do that. Angel Bio, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thank you so much. Can you just talk about your concept of love and how you bring love to the world? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, concept of love. Wow. Um, let's see. I mean, I think it's it's how how you share and how you feel um when you i don't know are tapped into some sort of safe secure feeling within yourself that you're able to express and share with others um i think love is curious i think love is creative and expansive mm -hmm. um what was the second part of the question? <laughs> um, well, I mean, how, how, how much are you able to, because I know that's exactly right, that safe, secure feeling. But then most importantly, as an artist, you, you want to be able to bring that to the world and inspire other people. And I just wonder how you have been able to bring that, how far along you are in your evolution of bringing love to this, to this world. Oh, that's, um, I love the way that that's, that's um said because mm -hmm. I, I do think that that's like what artists do i think i mean also i think um that it stems from how authentic you are how true to yourself you are and i think that that's um yeah that's how you do it i don't, I don't like i think when it comes to yeah i mean pretty much like for, for example with like the record i just i released in the last year um that record for me was me being my most honest and authentic with myself and i feel like that was at the time the best way that i could share love um and um yeah and so, so i think that that for me like what made that happen for me was just being yeah really authentic with myself what specifically are some of the messages that that resonate with you that you hope will resonate with 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 the with the cats with the cats yeah. um i in terms of like messages that i feel well, you I said share. it was like a, it was like most authentic to yourself so what were mm. some of, what were some of those themes yeah, I mean, I think a big thing for me in that in the record and in, in that time was um, being doing things for myself and like and making sure that I think like a big theme for that record was, I mean, to be like to be real, I guess I feel like I came from like a very codependent uh people pleasing anxious attachment kind of place in my own life and i mm. think uh, i had to overcome a lot of those things um in order to to be authentic to myself to be authentic to other people um and to yeah and to have you know share my love the most like real way possible and i think like that that's like kind of 
was my journey on the bubble. And I think a lot of people resonated with that. Um, I think also <clears throat> the bubble is about um, different groups or microcosms of like relationships you can find yourself in, whether it's like a music scene or a relationship or your relationship with yourself um whether there's like there's boundaries within those things um whether um whether it's like serving you or whether you're serving it so i think that was also another kind of theme that i was sharing on the record it's just uh, and also how those things change i think that that was like a big thing on the record for me was um oh accepting came <laughs> and um and, and trying to gracefully move through things that might um, be hard. So, yeah. Would you say that uh, like your closest family, um, maybe they don't uh, like understand your path, but do they respect your path? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say both my parents grew up in kind of, lower class situation so I think and they both kind of have uh and they've built so much for me and my sister um so that we didn't have to be raised like in those kind of situations mm -hmm. and so I mean my mom and my mom's side like my grandma there's like a there's quite a bit of musical ability and even my grandma is like a she was a professor she's a professor of music and an organist in the church and all well, i'm gonna have to interview her i need to interview her immediately <laughs> that, she is i've been waiting to find a, a theme of woman organ player in the church for so long because they oh wow were everywhere everywhere they were everywhere uh in new orleans and so many cats uh grew up with some shaman female organist playing just such beautiful music coming out of a church that they yeah, hear. yeah. you know that's so cool go ahead are there not women organists anymore or what's going on um i think <laughs> are you being serious i haven't seen one since like shirley scott i mean they've been they've been i think that, that oh is, yeah sure that, i think that's one of the one of the hippest things i've ever heard in my life I, you're the first per <laughs> first person that i met that uh I've never heard anybody that had a family member that uh, female organist. Dang. Yeah, honestly, I need to talk to her more about it because, like, she's just very, very chill about it. Um, also, but, she's, uh, you said she's a professor of music or she teaches music? Yeah. Yeah. And she's where? Um, where, though? In Montana. What's the, at, at, at some in college? Great Falls. Um, I think it was the University of Great Falls or something like that. <laughs> Like, this this like woman, that. I need to talk to this cat immediately. <laughs> okay. So, so okay. I mean, were you were so, but because everything was kind of like growing up, because it was like your parents worked so hard, it was a very serious. Were you exposed to a lot of that spiritual music, or was it like music was not a priority in, in your family? No, music was. I think. I mean, I. Um, I've always been a very determined and sure person. I have always wanted to be 
and I've always been an artist <laughs> like I just like I've since I was a kid I always gathered people around to watch me sing a song on my grandfather's cane or something or just like whatever it was I would always just figure it out I've always like played instruments my whole life and like grew up doing choir and orchestra and they what and like no they were super supportive like there was um sure because yeah and and yeah and all and everything um I think and also I mean even as I like have you know into adulthood have explored like my artistry and um and to keep keep on continuing um with it and whatnot in a variety of ways I think I they do support me. Um, I think my my mom understands more than my dad does. I think. <laughs> I mean, my mom was the one who like, you know, took like drove me to all my lessons, went to all my concerts. Took like you know, she's also like the more musical parent, mm -hmm. and just like and so she's always she's been my number one from the beginning. Not saying my dad doesn't love me, <laughs> but. But no, my, he just, my mom he just wants you to be um uh, safe, you know, and like that's the, yeah. ultimately like, you know, at a certain point you just have to say, well, this I'm only living my life one time. I have to do yeah. what's what's right by me, you know. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't think he has any. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah. He just wants like but... like so many of the cats that I've talked to, you know, <clears throat> you know, guys that ha went on to have just you know, spectacular careers in, in music and the studio scene and on the, on the bandstand and, uh, you know, their parents or their, you know, maybe their father, like, you know, like it didn't until they kind of became somewhat commercially successful, or if that's even a word or mm -hmm. they just were able that that's when the, the recognition would come in where it's like, you know, that, so many people, even from a different generation, sort of, you're right. They've always seen music as, um, you know, it's always been hard to be a full-time profession. Yeah, totally. I um, wonder how, how, how you, how is LA treat? How long have you been in LA and how, how is that? I mean, I know so many beautiful, authentic cats out there. I just know, um, you know, there's just no sort of uh, roadmaps. And I just wonder if you are being that you're a strong-willed person, if you have really like uh, tried to find your own niche there. Mm hmm. Um, so I moved here in November 2021. And so it was still a little bit COVID -y vibes. And I kind of, honestly, it, it took a lot of energy and, uh, and stuff to like, like, get here. And so I was like, really stoked to actually just kind of hermit up for a minute. So I was mm -hmm. I didn't really and then the first year I was here, I was still finishing my record and I, I was still all, also like very, it's, it's taken me a long time to like untether myself from Boise, um, which is fine. I love Boise and I, and I um, was a big part of the arts and culture community there. And so I knew it was like, it was going to be a little entangled for a bit of time. But I think like uh, sometime in the last like, few months or so I feel like I'm finally really LA and not very Boise and like I think I'm entering I think I mean I I've been talking about recently like um kind of using the analogy of like when you go off to college like the first year or so you you're going back home a lot you're spending the summer there whatever 
But then like after the first couple of years of college, like, you know, you get an internship, you get a job, you start like settling into like the the place that you live. That's kind of how I feel right now is mm-hmm. I've like, I'm entering like middle of college or something. And so I'm like, I don't want to go home anymore. Cause also <laughs> it's not, it doesn't really feel like home. Like when I go there, cause I've, I've, um, I played quite a few shows there in like the last couple of years since moving still. And yeah. And the more I go like, or yeah each time I go there I feel like it's like feels less like home and um but anyway it's more about LA though it's like I guess I've um yeah this the first year I was here I wasn't really super in any scenes or community um mostly just like figuring out the record but this last year I got a band together a Boise band or an LA band and started playing shows released the record um I got into this uh what I call a cult um just because there's like 30 people 30 30 or so musicians in this like ambient collective I'm in that I so I joined that last spring and that really shifted things for me because I wasn't really like a part of a community quite yet here and um or like a scene or anything and and so that was um yeah and I've become close friends and um played like some of the people in the cult are like now playing in my band um how did you how did you go about how did you go about choosing uh the people in your band i mean was it i mean i just before i talked to you i did an interview with this incredible drummer tris imboden who's you know started his career in in 1970 and he went kenny loggins had a, a a tryout uh for his solo band after he broke off with Loggins and Messina and Messina and um and he said there were like a hundred drummers there uh, you know and, <laughs> and he wound up he got the gig but I just wonder like are you looking you know I don't know your you know sort of your sort of uh musical acumen but I mean to me was is it more about being with people that that are um that are easy to get along with um and that can play the music uh or are you looking to, most importantly, that the music feels good? I mean, I just wonder how you went about choosing, mm-hmm. or was it just sort of a more of a cosmic thing? Um, well, so the record was recorded with my Boise band, and my Boise band came about um, as just an accumulation of playing a lot in Boise, and I just like had picked my favorite people um from various projects that I'd been in before so like the Boise band was really easy to put together because it was just like they were already my people the only person I hadn't played with yet was my guitar player for the record Dylan Eller and he we we were we had become good friends in the year or so before the record and I loved his guitar playing and we'd always been fans of each other in the scene but we weren't really close and so he was the only one like I didn't um hadn't had like a band or played with in the past but so that was different because obviously like I grew up in Boise and was a part of the scene for a long time so it was like I just knew who my people were but in LA um it started with a dear friend of mine um Mark Hadley he encouraged me to put a band together um and he played guitar for me at first and um then I we found uh a, a drummer and well who was actually supposed to be my guitar player I guess um but then he ended up playing drums anyways we found these uh kind of a duo because like they're best friends 
um, drummer and bassist. I was really not in a place or in a mind state where I was like uh, being picky when I, <laughs> um, I just don't know enough people here sure, sure, um, sure. to, to be picky. Um, and all, but also <laughs> I don't want that to come off like they weren't the, like good enough. And I was just like dealing with, I was settling or anything. It was just, I think it was actually great. I, I, I was surprised and happy to find people who were, um, who were able and willing really. And so that was really cool. What's interesting now, because actually I'm playing a show on Saturday, the band is uh, now in a current state where all three of those people are not playing with me. Um, I have a, I've had a new guitar player for a while who's a good friend of mine um, from the ambient collective that I'm in. And, and then we just put, um, we just like put together like a new bassist and a new drummer for this next Saturday show. Uh, and so, I mean, yeah, it's just like me getting more, having more connections. It's like, it was it, like, if I, if this was me like a year ago and I had to like randomly put like a brand new band together in uh, during the holidays, it like, <laughs> I don't know how easily that would have gone for me. Whereas like this process, like we had a rehearsal yesterday, we're playing the show on Saturday uh, and it sounds really good. What, um, what, what do you, what is most, do you feel like, um, you know, because I think you got to, everyone's such in a rush to figure everything out, but, you know, you're not going to have everything settled in for at least, you know, five years. I think it's real, it's unrealistic. I mean, I, I've been at this 13 years as a rogue journalist. I only started making money after 10 years. I, I don't, you okay. know, this idea of like a year or two, you know, it's like, these are the, and unfortunately well, the, cost, yeah. the cost of living is not, uh, conducive to artist development no and they're not no one's you have to develop yourself no one's gonna right. develop for you anymore I feel like I mean which is like fine um but you have to be the right you have to be a the right kind of person to even like want to uh try I want um, you to talk a little bit about like going into this year why you're willing not just willing to try but where where you need to grow most and, and, and push yourself out of a comfort zone. Ooh. Um, so, well, um, I'm starting a new project and it's uh, quite different from, it's quite, yeah. Uh, how is it, how is it, how is it different? Um, it's just in every way. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's not going to be under my name. It's, gonna be a different I mean I would say it's like it's a different it's it's called jelly haha -ha. so I would say it's a um it's a persona if or something um and the music is not that my other music wasn't fun but I would say this is more like fun forward um I think like I'm intentionally making it fun and I'm intentionally wanting it to be high energy it's more it's more synth focused though I would say the bubble is pretty synthy too but it's less band um oriented as well so it's um though there will be musicians and stuff I think it's uh I'm just trying yeah there's just a lot of uh ways in which I'm trying to like expand and grow as an artist and I think uh 
And I want you, no, yeah, I want you to, I want you one thing, one, one area I wanted you to talk about is spontaneity and improvisation within your shows. Is that an area mm -hmm. that you are uh, looking to grow? And to me, like, if you're going to incorporate humor, you said fun. I mean, yeah. you know, part of that is like throwing the script away and maybe yeah. you fall, maybe you fall down, but you know, you get dust yourself off, get back up, and just you know, keep just keep letting the body dance. You know, I think what is totally. if you went on a tour? Not that, I mean, you haven't played this. You know, this is still developing this persona. But was your music prior to more uh, singer songwriter? More yeah, I, it was more singer songwriter. It was more serious, and mm -hmm. so yeah, I do think spontaneity is a good word to use for this new direction because um yeah yeah I mean I think like essentially what I want to do is like on stage I want to create the the perfect environment worlds for myself to be completely relaxed and safe feeling to just be have fun I think that like when I get on stage sometimes um there's like an air, there's a strong air of seriousness in me. Like I have to like, so yeah, I'm just trying to like this project, the entire thing is like essentially trying to like coax myself into like just having fun, which sounds really <laughs> silly, but. Um, uh, no, it, it, it's not, it's actually have... a major, no, it's, a, it, it's spot on. Um, and, you know, the more opportunities that you can get on the bandstand, the more that sort of seriousness or, you know, because you're a little bit caught up in not wanting to make a mistake. And, <laughs> you know, the more that you become in tune with the musicians, the more that the tunes take on a life of their own, um, you know, it, it will allow you to sort of not even be concerned if you flub a note or don't hit the right note or, you know, like to yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, for the seriousness part, like it's not. I'm not being serious because I, I'm worried I'm gonna fuck up. Like I, at this point in where I'm at, I that's not like I don't think like that. It's more, it's more like I feel like I'm serious on stage because like I want people to take me seriously. I do. Um, I do. Yeah. But the thing is, is that like they do and I need to, and also, but now it's like, I kind of don't want them to take me seriously at all. So actually that's just out the window. Well, what, just wait, till, just wait till Jake Feinberg comes into one of your shows and blows the whole <laughs> thing up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause after a while, like, you know, that happiness is our divine right. And if, mm -hmm. if you are pursuing the insecure path of music, you owe it to yourself to at least during parts of your day or on the bandstand to be happy and to enjoy yourself. It may not be yeah. a complete cocoon and there might be uncomfortability, but what's the point of, of doing this if it's always going to be, uh, and that's part of the issue going back to just the idea of being an independent artist and then having to wear like eight hats and not really mm -hmm. being able to develop yourself, which is the most important, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, yeah, and I I, find, I think I've just I've found that conclusion myself just like in this new project and new direction because yeah I mean like I I'm really proud of myself for like where I've come from and who I am and like how I've reached to this point but in terms of like uh, growing as an artist and and also just like yeah and like tending to like what I want to see and what my needs are as a performer and also as like um how how I want to share love to get back to that it's like I 
like essentially I mean like I see the bubble is like it's a very transformative record and like I feel like I transformed and I think that listeners can as well mm. but I think with the, the new project well I think I just like I think energetically I weighed in the water of my emotions a bit on the bubble and I think that that's like one way of transforming through things is like through like the murky waters of your soul or whatever but uh but i think with my new project i it's still like transformative and it, but it's more yes it's more light and it's more fun but i think like and i do think it's it's just a different way of um of healing and growing is like through movement and like moving through it um instead of like sit, sulking in it i think that that's kind of um how i've been like thinking of my the new project and like how and that's like what i want to share because that's like the wavelength of energy I want to be at like I don't want to be um drowning or so like or potentially drowning like I want to be like far away from that absolutely <laughs> and I want everyone I mean, else you, to you, uh, you know what is it like to um you know being in LA like do you have how have you been treated and I'm not talking about like by the musicians because most times musicians are really pretty inclusive people and sweet, but like as a, um, do you feel like you're treated differently as a woman band leader? Um, by promoters or by, I, by, by, you know what I'm saying? Like I've just talked to other cats who maybe are a little bit farther down the road than you. They've gone on tours and just there's just yeah. like a lot of weird shit that goes down with you know. Uh, with God as it relates to men, you know, and treat yeah, yeah. women as band leaders. You can riff on that any way you want. I mean, not, it didn't start just by being in LA. It's just been like yeah, forever. Totally like, right. yeah, yeah, like anywhere I've been and um, where it's, I mean, it's like funny to be like the leader and like I've definitely been in situations where I'm not spoken to in that way even though like i'm at the front of the band i'm the one who did all the booking and the planning for this and somehow like my my bassist is the one that the sound guy's talking to the whole time or whatever it is right. and, uh, yeah, or like yeah, i'm not yeah, i've right, like right. or like i'm the only one that he doesn't know the name like who what my name is but he like somehow like but you know the you know i'm it's it's all it's happened it happens like here and there um but but yeah, honestly, I mean, like, do you I like do you like take the guy like by the scruff of the neck and be like, I'm the leader, <laughs> right? Like get it. No, I just say, no, I just but it say is frustrating. I mean, that is how how have you learned to be graceful about? Um, I just keep moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like really not much you can. It's like I'm not trying to change anyone's like mind about anything. Um, not that like I'm trying to support anyone's like sexism or whatever, but I just it's not it's not my job to try to teach you something. I just move on. <laughs> it's the only way sometimes. I mean, like, unless, unless, unless you want, unless you feel like the relationship's worth putting time and energy. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. But like, if it's just like a one-time gig where like some guy's just gonna um, oh, be an asshole, like, like Angel doesn't exist. He's just she's not there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, or like, or like, I'm just, or just like, like people try to like mansplain like how to do my my shit, and I'm just like, okay, cool. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> no, it's. I mean, you know, it's just it's a, it's a, it's an it's a major problem. Um, 
um, everywhere in the world, in the, I think in the in the world. I mean, some some cultures okay. are so much more punitive towards women. But um, so I, I'm I'm curious. I mean, uh, uh, how did you originally meet Colin McFadden? <laughs> um. So. Because I, 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 I mean, I, my brother's up at the Idaho Press. He's the editor there. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So we've been, I, I, I've been up there quite a bit in the last couple of years and really dig that town. Um, and he was one, I mean, I just, we just had like a soul brother connection, you know? So I was like, and he was the one yeah. that hit, hit me to you. So how did you guys connect? I wish he was a part of this conversation because he, after listening to my record, we had like a two hour conversation that where he like pretty much interviewed me, but we just talked. It was really great. Um, but Colin was he involved with the record or no? No, I feel so like we we like we have mutual friends, but we didn't really start. I didn't really know him until we became pen pals. Uh, like I'm when at, when I was in LA, like we weren't pen. Like I just I started doing I this thing where I, 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 I didn't know that existed. <laughs> so you know, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, I mean, I started pen paling during COVID just because I was bored and. And then mm -hmm. I just like, I, I still have a few pen pals. It's not as like strong as it used to be, but like Colin was one of the ones that has been <laughs> my pen pal for like a year or so. And um, we actually, I don't, yeah, I think we've like talked in person, like maybe two times, like whenever I'm in Boise maybe, but like, um, yeah. And then we had like a big phone call. Well, what, was after that, the what, what was that? What was he, he obviously was like deeply into, he, he broke it down for you. Did he offer like, did he give you honest feedback? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he was more his questioning of the things. He was he was less like being critical and he was more just like asking me questions because like he just was had been he you could tell he really listened to the record and like he he was just asking me questions about like some of the themes or, like musical themes or lyrical themes or like I mean even just like the whole concept of like the bubble being so this like circular cycle thing and things and like I don't know he was uh yeah just curious about just I guess we were talking more process about the record and just like things like that right, um, so I'm sure he's like, he's like, I can do it 10 times better <laughs> no like he's thinking that way <laughs> down the road but I mean do you do you feel like uh you said you want people to take you seriously um take what you do seriously how do you know they do how do i know they do um because well, you said my goal was to ease up and be more light yeah. and airy because even though i know I'm, i know i'm serious uh i'm too serious and i'm just yeah my, my question is do you feel like that sometimes you hold the music as too it, the music is too precious sometimes or is that something that you've had to overcome because so many people I talk to and you know they don't have it's just it's a bear of a of a it's a real serious thing to like road dog it in 2024 so a lot mm -hmm. of people wind up like making a record and then they don't tour the record or they they don't they don't let the tunes take on a, a life of their own they make another record another record and then kind of like it the the, the music kind of atrophies you know and so mm -hmm. I just wanted you to talk about not being sloppy, but but not holding the music as uh, too fresh. Yeah, just because just because like I don't want to be I don't my mo is not to be taken seriously anymore. It doesn't mean like I'm not 
taking what I'm doing seriously. <laughs> like I'm still, I'm like, you know, when just because I'm having fun now doesn't, um, I think because I've, um, because I like have a very focused, like clear, determined kind of mind state that I can like, that I can let loose. So, though I think even if you don't, I think you can still, still be loose, but um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily, I think people take me seriously in the sense that like, I don't think I need to, and like I, even though I don't need to like prove that anymore, I think just, um, there's just, there's just signs. There's, um, just vocally, like I, I can sing something, uh, effortlessly. Um, and with poise, even if I'm singing something silly, or even if I'm singing like quote unquote sloppily or wrong, I, I I think I have enough like of a professional demeanor to like to yeah to make it make sense. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. What do you what do you mean? What I love that you talk about playing quote unquote wrong. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, I guess just I was trained really classically, like on exactly. violin and piano exactly. and right. And so you're not and... adhering to the dogma, you know? Yeah, or just I think I did that a bit on the bubble, but I'm doing it even more now, like on the new stuff. But in the bubble, like it, I can sing beautifully, but like there's parts of the bubble where, like, I think it's more interesting or more. Um, more expressive to to like slide out of something or like or just like scream or <laughs> or something I don't know just uh yeah there's way other ways to express myself than like yeah it's like I I've worked really hard in my life to like be a good musician and I've thought a lot about proper technique and uh in certain like modes of music and stuff um but, and it's not like throwing out the window per se, but it's just like allowing it to like have like, just allowing myself to have space and to just uh, express through whatever means I want. Um, yeah, because I yeah, think I mean, like- you know, So it's ultimately like the, let, the, let the music take on a life of its own. You know, don't, don't mm -hmm. control it so much. I think uh, um, that is, have you worked under a leader before? Under a leader? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, it's important to, to, to work under, like, I was curious about the great, the, the best leader you've known in your life, doesn't mean musical, and, and what are the traits of being a good leader? I mean, you that's ultimately your goal with your different projects. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, I think we've maybe all worked under a leader, hopefully, but um, yeah, I mean, I think one of my biggest uh musical and just uh work like some situations that's been so impactful and important in my life was working for Treefort Music Fest and um I worked in press for them and it's a it's a pretty big company now um but and it was I guess when I was a part of it but like I would say the leadership and um in that group 
um, in terms of like we had, I mean, we had like a whole leadership team that we were um, right. led by. Right. But I would say what I loved about Tree Fort and what I still love about Tree Fort and working for it, being a part of it as a musician and as a just a community member um, is is exactly is that is community. Like they were they were so supportive of you as a person evolving into like it was the kind of festival where you could see one a person move from like this department to that department to being like a leader on the leadership team to like maybe stepping down and like or whatever like it was like such a it's such a fluid company in the terms of like you um they they allowed people to like shift and grow really easily and um whereas i feel like some companies you can be like join a company and you're just one thing and they see you one way and then and they and they maybe stifle you right. um what like what i loved about tree Ford is i think they allowed people the space to grow and change as they as you will um and also like in in but also like as an artist they gave me and have given me so many opportunities um not just because i worked for them but because they genuinely support and believe in me as an artist and um and see me that way and i think that yeah i mean yeah that like my time working for them and like playing that festival is um has been some of the most like impactful uh growing growth making <laughs> times of my life i suppose i uh you think that there's uh the danger i agree with you i went last year and went to go support my my boys mapache up there playing at the gene harris band show they played tree Ford music hall too and i met a lot of amazing bands from like mapache mapache yeah all right cool cool and uh and you know i just met so many amazing some bands didn't even have again or if they did they just showed up and were busting on the street it was a great festival um do you not that you live there anymore but um i think you hit the sweet spot in terms of like the size of of the company and i mean do you worry that it might get too big um yeah <laughs> um, because, because not... what happens is when you get too big and you start to get bigger bigger organizations then it loses that community feel yeah yeah um i think it's grown a lot and since i've moved even um like so much and i think it's really all for the best um up until this point but yeah i mean of course like i think uh there's always like a worry especially with like a new budding city that that it's just gonna get all corporate or go to shit or like get you know just whatever um but i would say i i think um I think that Tree Fort's always been community first in a way that, and like, and we've also experienced community in a way that I don't think a lot of bigger cities have been able to just That's like right. from the beginning. Right. Um, even like somewhere like Austin, that was like, is like people always compare Tree Fort with South by, um, but Austin was like, it was probably, was, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I actually don't know if I'm saying the truth right now, but I think it was already way bigger than Boise at that time um when like south by was popping off so it's like it i don't yeah i just i think that it's in boise and tree fort's blood to 
to just like really be at those roots. But, but yeah, actually, I mean, but still there is a worry as like, as people move on as like, as like a lot of the original like leaders um, and like founders of tree four are still working tree fort right now, mm -hmm. but like, what is, what's going to like, but like the company has grown a lot of like some of the key players of like of the last 10 years are, are not there what's going to happen yeah, and it, it, there is a question of like what's going to happen is as it continues to like shift but but i don't know i don't i don't like to no, i don't I like to be cryptic it's still it's still in that sweet spot the way austin was uh you know back in the early 80s or late 70s the most stealth you know there's always that stealth scene um you know i just you know i wanted to ask you about um your lineage uh, one of the owls on my show is lineage you know as it relates to your how connected are you to the roots of of your family uh, you know how, where did, did they come from the motherland or from the islands or caribbean that mm -hmm. kind of thing? uh yeah so i mean i'll start with the easy side my mom is just pretty much white and we have a and very your biggest, small your biggest fan yeah. yeah um and the family on her side is pretty small um but then my dad is filipino and he was raised in america but has spent a lot of time in the philippines he actually just moved back wow. to the philippines i mean he, he's still but um so yeah and then our family is quite big on that side uh i guess also uh, I was born in Hawaii. My dad moved back. Um, my parents lived there um, for a bit. And then my dad actually moved back there when I was eight or so. And he lived, he's lived there most of my life. Um, so I'm not technically Hawaiian, <laughs> but I've spent a lot of time there. And my family wow, has always, almost always had like uh, roots there. So what is he? Why did he move back to the Philippines? Um, because we have a family house that's been in our family for a long time and it was kind of in disrepair. And so he put it back together. He's, um, wow. and kind of in the thought of like, he'll retire. I mean, he's retired now, but like, he's thinking he's gonna just live there for the rest of his life. I didn't know. I didn't. What, what, what side of the family is the, the grandma that plays organ in the church? That's my mom's mom. My God, what kind of family is this? This is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, um, what, what is, um, so, um, did you, have you had a chance to like incorporate or, uh, world music into your, into your productions? Hmm. Um, you know, like, 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 I even talking about like the the ethnic percussion from the from the Philippines, like the balafones or like you know those amazing instruments that uh, yeah, me, like, that's just thinking outside the box. I mean, but that is part of your lineage, and you should make it a point to try to incorporate some of that world sound. In. Totally. Um, I haven't. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, 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 that's unsolicited <laughs> advice, you know, but maybe, yeah, you know, no, I yeah. and I've thought about it quite a bit because, like, I think that like a part of um, my experience, um, 
I mean, also I grew, I was raised in Idaho. So I, I feel very, and I am white, <laughs> but I feel yeah, like, I feel even, like but I, I grew up. I feel your soul very deep. And so it's, uh, yeah. Well, also, I traveled, I, I mean, this is not like my lineage per se, but I feel like something that's informed me as a person that's not like um, kept me in a box um, growing up uh, in Boise was like, I grew up traveling a lot because my dad worked for Delta Airlines. And so I think regardless of my, like, yes, like my own lineage, but I also just think I grew up with like a, a world mindset um a lot of the time and and like I and I think that can and has been expressed like in my art I think um even if it's not necessarily like my own I think there's there's like a a collage of experiences and like what I do you go did you go to like Africa or Egypt or anything <laughs> that's on my list I mean like my sister I mean, it's and dangerous I because it's dangerous but unfortunately I'm just yeah but i'm just like if you what was the coolest place overseas that did you spend time in india or did, where, where so those are like literally the most dangerous places yes this year my sister and i and my mom might try to go to egypt later this year actually whoa, but whoa, um whoa, whoa. i mean it's gonna be real like <laughs> touristy like it's not gonna be the real you know it's they have to keep it that way because it's just yeah anyway that, that that's that's um, but, and then I did try to go to India one time when I was like 21, but the universe, uh, created a, a way to not make that happen. So, uh, I went to Dublin instead, but yeah, I mean, I've mostly spent, I've done like South America, a lot of Europe and some, some of Asia, um, but mostly have just you, like have, Japan. Have, have, you been, have, you been the, have you been to the Philippines before? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. baptized in the Philippines. Wow. I wow. uh I spent some time there when I was like seven. Um and when I was eleven, like extended periods of time, and again when I was eighteen. So it's been a minute. Um, but I my dad just like put this house together, and so my sister and I are also talking about going to the Philippines sometime this year. Um, Cause yeah, it's been a while for us. Angela, it's been an absolute honor to talk to you. And I, and I, um, I, I, I know you will continue to move forward uh, on your journey. Um, and I send you all my blessings in the world. And I hope that we can connect in person uh, in the near future. Yeah, thanks so much for talking to me. All right. Much love to you, my friend. Yeah. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right.